0: You're listening to the Bruce Parish story. I'm Josh Shelton, Bruce's oldest grandson. In this part of the story, my grandfather makes his transition from the rural South and those childhood farms to the snowy winter of Chicago. He also learns a lesson about high pressure sales. My mother, Denise, makes her first appearance in this episode. She eventually goes into the ministry herself First as a children's minister at Highland Baptist, later at Calvary, and First Baptist Shreveport. Eventually First Baptist in St. Pete, Florida. Since I grew up entirely in Shreveport, it was hard for me to imagine my mother being born somewhere as far away as Chicago. Once every few years, Shreveport gets just enough snow to make snowmen the size of squirrels. Right now, I'm making this recording from an apartment in Fargo, North Dakota, and so I've had to learn some of the same lessons as my grandfather. My mom, Denise, rode along with my wife and son from Texas to North Dakota while I drove the U-Haul with the family cat riding shotgun. When we got to Fargo, I unrolled the welcome mat with a silhouette of Texas, and it had frozen solid in the U-Haul. The mat and the word home split into two pieces right down the middle. In one sense, moving across the country isn't an uncommon experience. People do it every year. But it sure feels like a big deal when you're doing it. Thank you for listening to The Bruce Parrish Story.
1: I'm um, picking up where I left off from the last tape. When I had arrived in Chicago, Illinois, it was September of 1959, and I checked into the YMCA there on Wabash. I didn't have limited money on me. I had sold a car, I had a man sell a car for me in Joliet, Illinois about three years before and I hadn't collected on it. So I took the bus to Joliet to try and collect the money that I had, had coming on the car. I couldn't find the man that uh, I had counted on, but I found a friend there in Joliet that uh, I hit up for some money and he didn't have any but some chain. He had been saving quarters and he gave me $20 worth of quarters. So I was able to get back into Chicago and start looking for work. Uh, the first job I took was, uh, got out of the paper, I was selling, trying to sell subscriptions to the Chicago newspaper. And um, since I had some experience in selling um, that was an easy thing to start, and I made a little money. Visited a uh, employment agency, and they sent me out to the rival packing company. And uh, the rival packing company offered me a job in their sales department as a assistant in doing various chores, like sending out sales material to the merchants and the salespeople and sending premiums that had been awarded to uh, managers' stores because of purchases. And uh, I found a place, a basement apartment about two blocks on the 4700 Trip Avenue to Lille. And Linda and I continued to meet and I met her family and uh, would go to her house and we would go to a movie. We did various things, and uh, on my birthday, she brought me a coat. The weather was starting to turn cold, and she bought me a real nice coat. And uh, I called my family, and we talked, and we making plans for Linda and I to go down on the train to Jackson, Tennessee, to meet my family. So we took the train down in December, Christmas time and Linda met all of my family that had come there for the holidays and uh, we'd gone back to Chicago and New Year's Eve uh, she was sick so John the man I had ridden from Miami to Gary Indiana who came into town and we went to a bar and hung out that night New Year's Eve night uh, but Linda was a little upset with me that while she was sick, I was going out and having a good time. But um, in a matter of uh, several months, uh, the rival packing company uh, they had me go in and start making some calls on grocery stores and wholesale houses. And uh, I had a company car that was red, and it had a big uh, decal on the side of the the uh, the car that had a dog food can on it, and uh, so it wasn't a vehicle that you would uh, be happy being found riding around in, but uh, we began to talk about marriage. The company was going to put me out in the field, and so they were going to give me the Rockford, Illinois territory, which included some of Iowa and some of Wisconsin. Linda had gotten the idea of us looking at trailers, and so we found one, an Anderson trailer that was eight feet wide and 44 foot long. One of the tractions that she pointed out was that it had all of the furniture and the refrigerator and bed and everything right in it. We didn't have to buy anything else. So we moved the trailer up to Rockford in a trailer park. We got married at uh, Roseland Presbyterian Church there. My parents and Mr. Ms. Tyler, who had been my dad's business partner, they came and they went to the, to the wedding. We got married, I think it was seven o'clock at night, and by the time the reception and everything was over, we uh, were headed to the motel, and Linda re- remembered that she hadn't gotten her shoes, so we had to go back to the house to get shoes. And when we went to the motel that she had made reservations for us for our first night of honeymoon, uh, they didn't have any vacancies. They had rented that room. I think the argument was because we hadn't gotten there sooner. By then, it was around 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. So we did find another motel in the area, and so we checked in, and we were sitting on the the bed, in the middle of the bed, going through the, the cards, uh, wedding uh, congratulation cards that had been given to us and counting the money, and we'd received over $400. We just thought we were rich uh, having $400 that was given by our friends and relatives for our wedding gift. And so we uh, headed up into Michigan. Uh, by that time, the company had given me a station wagon as a company car. So we had that to take our honeymoon on, and we went to Mackinac Island uh, for a day's visit. We didn't spend the night there. I think we stayed in Iron Mountain, Michigan, and um, visited the property that Linda and her, her parents uh, owned there. They had a cabin that was all crude but we didn't stay there. We stayed at a motel. And then we uh, headed to uh, to Rockford to start a new job that uh, I had with Rival packing Company calling on grocery stores and wholesale houses uh, in that part of Illinois and into some adjoining state uh, areas, but uh, it was an exciting time for us. Getting adjusted to living in a trailer was uh, a new experience for us. Uh, Small quarters, a lot of storage uh, area for things to be placed, but anything out of place was very obvious. So uh, we adjusted to living in the trailer. It had uh, a bedroom in the back, a bath in between, and then the kitchen and the living area. The trailer wasn't undependent, so when the weather began to get cold, uh, the pipes had to be wrapped with heat tape so the electricity would keep the, the pipes warm from freezing. The trailer was, was heated with uh, oil. We, uh, we used a bottle of gas for cooking, so taking the bottle to get gas and turning on the gas when it was uh, run out of one bottle was some new experience that that we had. It wasn't long, I guess, uh, after I'd been in the new territory that uh, it was near the beginning of of bad weather that uh, the company had gotten a a new station wagon for me. I had not uh, driven a lot in the snow, but um, as I continued to call on stores and travel with the weather. Uh, it was a challenge. With a new car, I only had nine, about 900 miles on it. and had gone to Iowa and uh, was making my rounds and uh, there was ice and snow on the street. As I approached the intersection, the light turned from red to green and all of a sudden, I realized the car that had been waiting there to light had not moved. Those tires were just spinning. I began to pump my brakes, uh, tried to turn to avoid, but ended up hitting the car in the back. And now, a new station wagon with only 900 miles on it. I had damage to it, so I hated to have to call my manager and to tell him about it. He didn't seem to be that upset. He just gave me instructions about getting it repaired. And uh, so I learned to be more case patient and learn to uh, drive more in the, those kinds of conditions. Uh, shoveling the sidewalk and the driveway out uh, in that part of the country was something different than the, uh, the boy from the south had grown up with. So we, we had um, some learning I did to learn how to operate during the winter months in that part of the country. Somewhere along the line, I had picked up that uh, a Dale Carnegie course was something of great value to salespeople. And so uh, Linda and I both uh, signed up for Dale Carnegie course, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, we both uh, graduated from that. It, it was uh, an enjoyment to me that that I wanted to go back and help as in a uh, what's called a graduate assistant. So I went on back uh, a number of classes. It seemed like maybe as many as six classes that uh, I served as a graduate assistant and. Um, continued to increase uh, my skills, I guess, in public speaking and in dealing with people and uh, was very, very beneficial to me, uh, I think, uh, in in my life. Uh, We had um, come to join uh, Christ Methodist Church there, and uh, we were active in the church i was president of the Baptist men's group and uh we enjoyed uh, the church they had a young pastor and uh so we we enjoyed uh being a part of that of that church uh, we began at, at at that point before we had children I don't know whether we found out about it at the church or how we learned that uh, there was a children's home there in Rockford. And uh, we visited, and they needed some help. And so Linda and I started by going uh, one evening a week and relieving the house mother so that she would have a few hours to uh, go take care of personal things and to be out of uh, the role of responsibility. And from doing it for an evening it went to where we would relieve the house mother on the weekends uh, we would spend the weekend there uh, my best recollection is there were about 13 14 children uh, in the house a uh, two-story home and uh, some of the kids had some some serious issues i remember one uh, young boy, must have been nine or ten years old. Uh, he ran away. Uh, we had uh, difficulty locating him and bringing him back. But, uh, the director of the home has shared with us uh, some of the stories about some of the problems that the kids had. And I remember his stressing how important it was that the child have a father and a mother that uh, it helped the child in developing his uh, relationship to both and for a good, healthy uh, dealing with people and growing up uh, balanced, uh, well uh, balanced, that, that uh, there were some real issues about how a child developing, how it identified with uh, the opposite sex and how it identified with the same sex uh, in that. Uh, I remember one of the cases that uh, director talked about was a young boy that his mother had divorced uh, when he was about four years old and she let him come and sleep in her bed with just the two of them and so he did that for several years and then she got a new husband and uh, Young man then was kicked out of his mother's bed and the difficulty he had uh, in adjusting to the fact that uh, it was like uh, he was being mistreated. uh, His mother was choosing this other man over over him and uh, he had some serious uh, issues uh, in that. Uh, along that time, uh, Linda got interested in practical nursing school, and uh, we knew that she would need a car to get back and forth to school, so we hunted around and found a Studebaker, a 1952 green two-door Studebaker. And Linda had not uh, learned on a standard shift, but this was a standard shift, so she caught on pretty quick to uh, being able to drive that Studebaker to go to practical nursing school and about uh, halfway through that she found out that she was pregnant with her first child and um, issues were such that it seemed like it'd be best for her to drop out of school because of the baby and uh, so she she did did that and uh, was uh, spent sort of a lifetime, wishing that she had stayed on and finished it and was always sort of a frustrated nurse, I think. She continued to volunteer and, and work with people and care for them with the skill and the interest that she has in that. And uh, while we were, she was near the end of her pregnancy with Denise, uh, we were working at church in laying some tile on the floor and she had done some of that uh, getting up and down and laying of the tile and uh, then when it came time for Denise to be born uh, they began to tell us that there was a problem that uh, her heart rate was being affected when there were contractions coming. And uh, so finally, the doctor recommended that they go ahead and do a uh, caesarean. So Denise was born by a caesarean birth. And uh, they found that her umbilical cord was wrapped around her under her arm and wrapped around her neck. And when uh, the contractions would come, it uh, would choke her and she was uh, being choked by the umbilical cord and linda thought maybe that her getting up and down and doing that laying of towel may have been a source of uh, the umbilical cord getting uh, wrapped up around her arm and her her neck but uh when she was denise was born the uh, they, uh, I'd been waiting in the waiting room, and they brought me down to see her, and she had a on her leg a, a, a red raised strawberry-like, and they said, well, that that probably would just disappear, that was a birthmark, and then uh, her feet were black, and so I got concerned about her feet being black, and uh, they laughed, and, let me know that really that was where they had taken a footprint and that was the ink off them. them taking a the footprint and putting that onto the person documents and so uh, they got a good laugh at my being alarmed at uh, the fact that there was her feet were black. Uh, I had heard that Linda's had some Indian blood in her, and I thought maybe she had was a blackfoot and that was uh, There's evidence here in in her feet being black. We carried Denise uh, back to the trailer. Being a small area, Um, Linda had got a baby basket uh, from her mother that uh, stood up. It was on wheels, and uh, we would put the niece in there. During the daytime, we would have the basket uh, in the bedroom. And then at uh, nighttime, we would pick the basket up and move it to the living room. So we would move it back and forth. in the the trailer. Um, And as she grew and began to be uh, longer than what the basket was uh, in length that we realized we needed to find another solution. So we started looking to uh, buy a home uh, in Rockford so that uh, we would be able to have a, a larger bed for Denise, but um, before we we had children, um, I had seen in sales material about uh, a company that had vending machines and uh, that uh, it was a good investment, these machines and and, um, they had locations where they would be put and uh, they were bare aspirin machines and so i had a representative come from a company in chicago he made the pitch about the aspirin machines and i think there were like 10 or 12 machines and don't call 600 and uh, we got so many tins of aspirin and if you uh, did this right was successful, you know, you'd be able to make pretty good income out of it. And I was thinking of maybe trying to go back to school and uh, at least it would augment uh, our income. And uh, salesman made his pitch, and Linda said uh, that uh, we shouldn't do it. And uh, Uh, being a macho and thinking that as the man of the house that uh, made the money, I would uh, do what I thought was best. And so she kept pleading with me not to spend the $600 for these aspirin machines and finally went to the bedroom while the man is still there. But I was determined. And so I went ahead and paid the $600 and the Astro machines were shipped, and when I went to the locations that were supposed to have been lined up, they were they were not lined up at all. And uh, other places where I went to try to put a machine, uh, they were not open to uh, to taking Astro machines and and those businesses. And so I went back on the company and went back to Chicago to the address that was on the correspondence and when I got there uh, the offices were all empty so I contacted the post office and found out it was sort of a scam and the people uh, would be in business at one location for a long period of time for a short period of time uh, making me to sales and then close the business and or move on under another name so uh, I ended up that uh, that was a bad decision that I made, and there were some years uh, before I got rid of the the machines. Uh, I think I ended up giving them away, but uh, it was a poor decision that I had made concerning those Astro machines, and and that poor decision that I made concerning that going against my wife's Judgment in doing that uh, has been sort of one of those uh, things that are brought up from time to time when it comes to decision making. But, um, but anyway, uh, I've made some bad decisions and I've made some good decisions. But uh, I guess I've learned most by maybe the bad decisions that uh, that I made in the journey.